Good evening and hope you had an awesome day. So for the next couple of days, I want to deal with a very practical topic. It's practical always and perhaps especially these days as we might naturally be getting a little frustrated being cooped up in our homes, possibly with our families always around us and even getting on our nerves. And this idea happens to have become a good friend of mine's favorite idea when I shared it with her a few years ago. And to this very day, to remind her of this struggle, she carries one word to help guide her through it in her purse. And the word is frog. Frog? A rabbi, listen, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I'm pretty certain I don't struggle with frogs. So stick with me for a second. See, in last week's Torah portion, the famous 10 plagues were initiated, and the second one was Tzfardea, frogs. Now, as kids, we always just assumed that when the frogs came out, they came out in swarms. But in fact, with a close reading of the text, that is not what it says. Rather, in chapter 8, verse 2, it reads as follows. And Aaron held out his arm over the waters of Egypt, and the frog came up, and it covered the land of Egypt. So the Midrash picks up on the fact that it says Tzfardea, frog, in the singular, and explains that in fact there was just one big frog, but every time the frog was hit by the Egyptians in their attempt to kill it, it would just split into two and multiply. The more they hit it, the more it multiplied, until in fact the entire country was filled with frogs. And as the song goes, frogs here, frogs there, frogs were jumping everywhere. And so there's a famous question asked by the great Stipler Gaon. Now surely, he asks, the Egyptians saw that when they hit the frog, they did not succeed in destroying it. In fact, their hitting had the opposite result. It only caused them to multiply, yet they continued to hit the frog many times, only succeeding in filling the whole of Egypt with frogs. So one would assume that they would learn the lesson and just stop hitting the darn frogs. Eventually, the plague would just go away. So why didn't they? So the stipler answers as follows. From here we see that one's greatest destructive force is anger. It's plain and simple. When something you dislike happens, there are two approaches. One would be to just ignore the instigation and let it pass. But the other one is to engage and let our anger dictate our actions. But the more the Egyptians hit the frog, the more they multiplied. So the more they got angry and the more they hit it and so on and so forth. And in this way, they kept perpetuating the problem. And so we have often said the Torah does not teach us history, but it teaches us about ourselves and how we conduct ourselves to live the best lives. So the frogs are really not about Egypt. They're about us. So with that picture in mind, Let's you and I be honest for a couple moments. How often do we get upset when if we were able to control our anger, there's a good chance that life would go back to normal very quickly. If we could just stay quiet, we could allow everyone to get over the fight, not say things that would cause more permanent damage, not put a strain on a relationship that could last for days, if not permanently. It often isn't an event that causes a relationship to implode. It is the anger or the rage that we seem to express, even while we see the destruction happening in front of our eyes, just as the Egyptians saw the frogs continue to multiply. And yet we just can't let go of the anger and we keep feeding into it, inevitably causing destruction. Now we all experience setbacks in life, conflict with others, especially those that we care about and love. That's normal. And in fact, it is impossible to live with people and never have that. It is beyond our control. However, that is not what creates strains in relationships between parents and children, children and parents, spouses, siblings, or friends. 
Rather, the real danger is giving into anger and enabling us to guide our responses, knowing full well, because you do know, that that kind of behavior is always destructive. Always. Logically, we should learn the lesson and learn the lesson fast. But once anger is unleashed, it overshadows logic. So my friends, my friend likes to keep a frog in her wallet to remind her that as life throws her frogs, she has to just let them hop by and right out of her life. There is nothing more blinding and destructive than anger. Honestly, nothing. Look forward to studying a few more insights into the danger of and strategies to fight anger in the days ahead. Because once a person can control anger, they can go ahead and control their lives. And on that note, wishing you an awesome night. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.